0: Hello, podcast listeners, welcome to the Core Health Collective Show. My name is Ben Bowen, and on this podcast, we will be exploring what it means to be an entrepreneur in the health and wellness industry. We will closely dissect the many opportunities and challenges we go through to improve the human condition with the products and services we sell. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Core Health Collective Show. Today, uh, we have another health-focused guest. I am really looking forward to uh, learning everything there is about uh, our guests today and and why they got into um, their field, which is physiotherapy. Um, A little bit of a teaser. Um, I did look on your um, site and I saw a bit of your personal bio and realized we have uh, some similar interests. So I think today's (laughs) conversation is going to be really great. So, you know, without further ado, We've got Danielle Ufniak, and I think I got your last name right.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ufniak. It. <laughs>
0: so we've got Danielle on the show. At, uh so welcome. Uh really excited to Thank have. Thank you.
1: you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk all things um health field. I love it.
0: <laughs> so fabulous. Before we start recording, we we're just talking about uh, you said you'd listened to a few of the podcasts already. Mm-hmm. And uh you gave me such an amazing compliment. It was like a feedback loop. I I just realized that uh that was really important for me. And I needed to hear that, uh, that you got some value out of some of the guests we've already had on the show. So that's, uh, that's like fueled me to, you know, I've, you know, I committed to for the year to keep doing these, but now I've like just got a little more purpose. So thanks. for <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. It's so great hearing from other entrepreneurs because sometimes you do feel like alone. And so like you connecting all of us, you know, all across the country, I, I think the country, the province, yeah. uh, it's been, it's been awesome. It, it's so like, solidifying for me and like keeping pushing me forward so I appreciate it
0: oh that's amazing thank you so (laughs) so let's talk about your business and then let's talk about you know how you got into it because I find everybody has a a unique story
1: yes yes mine was definitely a roller coaster
0: (laughs) okay well let's get on it
1: um yeah, so uh like from I, I got into physio uh, also kind of like I, I listened to a lot of other people and they had a great experience with a physio and that's why they became a physio. I was not like that at all. Um <laughs> I uh w- became really passionate about fitness and the health field um in around like grade 12, uh during high school. My dad was training for marathons and ironmans and I was going out running with him and I was like, oh yeah, I like I want to move my body, like this is what I want to be in. Um So I originally wanted to go for like sports management. Um, My parents wanted me to go to med school. So like we kind of landed on physio (laughs) in between. So um, that's how I ended up there. Uh, I also, I did my undergrad not in kinesiology, but in um, therapeutic recreation, which is um, adaptable sport and um, finding ways that people can access play and fitness and movement along their whole lifespan. That was my whole undergrad. Um, so I think I've always had a passion for movement, like right from the get go. Uh, and then when I went to physiotherapy school or physical therapy, uh, I worked at a lot of clinics, which kind of gave me like, the analog of what I wanted to do in my own practice. And I'm grateful for the opportunities, of course, but I really realized like, I, I need to I can't follow this rut. I need to make a change. Like I can't live my life like this. So um, that's what sparked me to seek out clinics uh, that were a little outside the box. So I was an independent contractor at a few uh strength and conditioning gyms. So I was the sole physio and I was working alongside strength and conditioning coaches, RMTs, uh ATs. Um, so really doing things different like right out of the gate. Um I learned so much from strength and conditioning coaches. I would say what they taught me was invaluable. Uh, and the hands-on application was, I would say, more than what I learned during my master's program. Um, oh. So yeah, like a lot of, of amazing, like a lot of theory and all of that. And, and, you know, just uh, information, education about the body and physiology Dream, but my hands-on and my day-to-day and how to talk to people, how to coach people how to listen, how, how to help them move their body and adapt was all working with these other amazing professions. So I was so lucky to do that. Um,
0: And were you working, were you working with uh, the athletes? Like they, you know, they'd lift and then they'd, they'd see you and they'd go back and lift. Does that like give you like a good feedback loop on? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Keeping them in the gym, keeping them in their sport. If they were there for like team training, keeping them doing what they love, maybe it looks a bit different. We adapt it, but they it's the, the therapy is staying in line with their goals and not just holding them back or telling them to do something completely different. So keeping them as close to what they want to do as possible. That's always been like my philosophy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then I started seeing more female athletes and I started noticing that there was some common, um more uh like women's health issues related to pelvic floor related to like joking around saying i can't do box jumps i'll leak and i was like this is not cool like some of these women haven't even had children so like this is this isn't right um so then i went to pursue um further training in uh pelvic health so i became a certified pelvic floor physiotherapist which allows me to do internal and external physiotherapy treatment on women. I, I choose to just treat women. Um, you can treat women and men, uh, both have pelvic floor issues. Uh, and then after that, I did my um, perinatal fitness training and my Pilates uh, teacher training. So just to like really solidify that whole side of it um, with tying in core, pelvic floor, breathing, um, that works as rehab for really any use for any type of fitness. So it's been really great.
0: Wow. So, so what's, what's the name of your clinic now?
1: So, yeah, so I, 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 uh, went out on my own after I did my pelvic floor physio, I realized I had kind of niched myself down enough where I, I felt confident going out on my own. <laughs> um, so my clinic is called flow physio and wellness. And it is now owned by me. I am not an independent contractor anymore.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations. And how long has it been open?
1: Um, I incorporated in 2016. Um, So since then.
0: Okay. How's it going? Yeah.
1: It's going well. Yeah. I, the first few years, I was just um, doing my own thing, like part time. I was still an independent contractor. The other part of the time, working out of someone else's clinic. Um, it was just during the pandemic, actually, that I fully like left everywhere else and went out on my own full time because what better time to start a business than a pandemic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, so I'm super curious. What, what is it that fuels you to keep improving your skills and and adding all these new things like around the pelvic, pelvic floor certification or the Pilates or some of the other things that you mentioned, you know, what, what fuels that, um, that constant improvement?
1: Um, I think I want to, one, I I think I have a, like a dream client that I want to be able to treat and show up for every day. Um, and so I want to have the skills to be able to work really well for them. Um, so I think that's one part of it. And then two, I think my own passions, like I've done so much extra, uh, courses in like strength and conditioning coach. I got my CSCS. I did coaching, um, I did a rehab for the CrossFit athlete, rehab for the female athlete. So like those are my interests. And so that's kind of what I see myself being drawn to for continuing education because it's stuff I want to know selfishly as well, like for my own self. Uh, so I think a lot of it honestly comes from that. Uh, I think that I just have a passion in outside of work anyways.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm not going to take you this conversation on a total, total left-hand turn, but I may pick your brain another time about it. Uh, <laughs> the, the rehab for the CrossFit athlete really jumped off the page for me because uh, yeah. uh, it's a sport that I love that I have taken some time away from in the last couple of years that I, that I did for five years. And, and, and it was the recovery piece that I was not nailing in that sport. And, and I got tired of being tired and sore. Uh,
1: yeah, which is, I think what really, <laughs>
0: yeah, came, came down to it, but there are many days where I really miss it. So maybe I'll pick your brain about that another time, yeah. unless you have a quick thought about like, is is that very, you, I'm curious, cause you, it sounds like that's very symptomatic that you've heard that a lot.
1: Yes. I've heard that a lot. Um, and that's, and I was, I was at the time I was renting space from a CrossFit gym. So I was seeing you know, my caseload was mostly people from the gym, and I was like, they're going to come whether I tell them to or not. So how can we make this safe and how can we incorporate rehab into their CrossFit class? And how can I communicate well with coaches where there's mutual respect and I, I'm respecting what they're, what they want to do and they're understanding what I'm telling them as well. So um, I would say overall, uh, if you are out there and you're listening and you have a CrossFit injury and you need to rehab, I would find a find a professional who's familiar with the sport. If you go into a random physio clinic and you tell them it hurts when I do clean and jerks and they've never done that, they don't know what muscle groups and are involved and how they have to fire and how they and what mobility is needed. They can't serve you as well as someone who is familiar with that movement and can maybe uh, modify it or adapt it in a way or give you some accessory work to improve it better.
0: The old yeah. upper back strain from the cleaning. Yeah. The T spine, yeah. I think is is that what it's called?
1: Yes, thoracic spine. Yeah, thoracic spine and um, shoulders. People yeah. uh, do all kinds of crazy stuff to their shoulders. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I've, I would say. I've experienced it all. Um, so, okay. So, so I don't think that, I think that was a valuable uh, piece that we just talked about because it's, I've, I'm finding that more than ever, the message is getting so specialized in someone taking care of their own, their own physical and mental wellness. Um, and, and every time I turn around, there's another subset or another niche of, mm-hmm. of now we're talking about physio. Like if you do CrossFit or maybe some other sports or activities, you know, going to see somebody that understands like that really understands that specific type of that, that, that activity and what, how it strains the body different than than just you know everyday life or other sports, right? Um like yeah. you can go see a physio that that is is really into running themselves and and they mm-hmm. treat a lot of runners, but then you know they may not be as specialized or have as much understanding weight weightlifting, even though generally they probably feel like they could, but but i'm seeing it across the whole industry of physical and mental wellness that everything is niching down where do you see the trends going around that or where do you think it's out or, or like what would you suggest to somebody that's looking to round out their their like their own you know health and wellness routines
1: yeah um, i i appreciate the niching down in our field i think it is really hard to show up for everyone And I think especially if you're becoming an entrepreneur, you almost need like a a client avatar that you're gearing things towards. So not having a niche and just just serving everyone, you're not showing up 100% for anyone, maybe in a way. I don't know. That's how I feel. Like I have a dream client that I want to treat every day in my mind and everything I do, the copy I write, the pictures I post uh like the courses I take it's all to show up for that dream client so like I do think that niching is important um in our fields uh what was the sorry what was the other that? I just
0: I was just wondering where you saw the trends going like oh I, I feel like you you could literally like if you're really um take accountability for your own wellness and, you know, yeah. try to stay out of the doctor's office in the hospital by being proactive. I feel like yeah. you could, it, it could almost be a full-time job.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, with a physical movement side, I think I feel like I just want people to like move daily and vary your movement. So that's like all I tell. If someone's coming to me starting from zero, I just say start moving daily and it should be a variety of different types of movement. And that goes across any, anything, right. With My runners, I tell them you need to incorporate cross training because you're only getting like one plane of movement and one working one type of muscle group. And so any type of other kind of like more lateral movement or rotation movement, like will benefit them. So yeah, like move often and vary it, um, the, the, the nutrition side, which I am interested in as well, obviously as a physio, I, I can't speak to it. It's not within my scope, but. I am very interested in that too. And I do find that a lot more overwhelming. Um, I I've, I've tried everything. I'm like, a, I'm a dabbler like yourself. I've tried like the cryo. I've tried the saunas. I've tried the keto. I've tried, I've tried everything in the health and wellness sphere because, uh, there's just like, I, I, it's overwhelming what's out there. So, um, that, that piece of health and wellness is, is a little bit more intimidating. The mental health I've I'm glad it's becoming more talked about. It does link in a lot to what I do um, with physical health. You do see a lot of uh, mental health manifested as like now physical issues, um, especially during the pandemic, a lot of stress induced, like chronic pain I'm seeing um, in women, like birth trauma and pelvic pain. So uh, I do think we have to kind of bring everything together a little bit more and not have these separate silos of like physical health, mental health, and then like nutrition and like dietary health, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So how would you, how would you connect that?
1: Um, I, th- I think having practices where those three work like together in one studio or one clinic would be so great. And a lot of people are already doing that, which is fantastic. Um, I know some public health uh, clinics that have uh, like a psychotherapist on site or, Um, a naturopath who specializes in fertility on site. So I think that model is the way to go. And if you don't have that, having a network within your own community of those people and maybe having some kind of like referral system planned out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. We are seeing a lot more of these clinics that are uh, um, multidimensional for sure. Yeah. what do you think? So how do you think the customers or or how do you think how do how I put this? What do you think the consumers going through when trying to figure out how to solve the problems that they have, that they feel or think that they have? Right? Um,
1: like
0: start start with them there. They're in front of their computer and they've they've got, you know, they've got something that your clinic can help them with. You know what what are they going through that's trying to that, that how do they connect the dots between where they're at and where you are
1: yeah I think uh I think Google um <laughs> a lot of it is Google uh I get well I would say most of my patients actually come from they're already interested in health and, and wellness like they're they're coming through word of mouth they're going to a CrossFit class, they're going to a boot camp, um, they see already another allied health professional who sends them my way. That's where I get all of my, uh, patients. Um, but I think someone who is interested in like starting a health and wellness journey, they are probably starting because something has, you know, piqued their interest in it, usually pain, maybe pain, or maybe something with their diet. Um, so they usually Google like low back pain, um, and I I might come up uh, if if uh, they're interested in like exercises for low back pain, then I would come up in their area. That's what my SEO is set for. It's not set for like how to fix low back pain. Okay. It's set more so for like movement for low back pain because that's what I do. That's my like treatment philosophy. So if I came up, um, they they would probably start with me, and then we would like kind of tease out, unpack what's happening with that low back pain. And then I usually, if they say, Oh, my back's been hurting since I gained weight during the pandemic and I've been more sedentary, I would then fire them off to appropriate like naturopath or dietitian in my community, just to, to speak with them about that as well. I would do, um, so I can do some exercise with them, but if they're looking for like a more like consistent, I want to start going to classes. Um, we have some, I have some resources in my community. So I send them to gyms that I've tried and, and loved. So yeah, cause I've dabbled in like everywhere, locals, yeah. <laughs> I'm so interested in like new places popping up. So.
0: Well, you you've, you've trialed them for all your patients.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, I have to. I have to I have to try everything once at least. <laughs> oh my! I've done it um, all.
0: <laughs> so, so what would you want uh, your so so maybe you could describe your perfect client because it sounds like you've got a you've got a target client or an avatar or a muse as uh, as you said yeah. you've got a perfect client. Describe your perfect client, and if they haven't met you yet, what would they you want them to know?
1: Yeah, so um, I, well, I have two, I have, I have one for my kind of like sports physio side. And so those people are, you know, the recreational athlete, they're, they're a bit younger. And that's just because my practice is set up, it's very like online based. um, And so I find that's just like who I attract. But they're, you know, 20s to 40s, um, they're active, and they're motivated and, and interested in the education behind why they're feeling what they're feeling. Um, they want to know not just the diagnosis, but they want to know like what's actually happening within their own body. And then they want the tools to get there. So they want to know what should I do before I start my, you know, CrossFit workout of the day? What should I do after? What should I do on the days I'm not working out? How often should I be working out? They want to know like kind of like more education behind it. Um, and then my uh, from my pelvic physio, I, I do mostly on um, pregnant and postpartum women. I, tr- I treat those women. So again, a younger population. Um, these are women who are interested in fitness, like before getting pregnant Um, how to maintain throughout pregnancy, and then postpartum, what they can do to heal their own bodies. And again, that education piece is really big. They're interested in kind of like, what are the steps? um, What can I work on what's happening in my body? um, What's the timeline? So they they don't want to just like lie there and have me fix them. They want to be an active participant in their own health and wellness journey. That's what I'm uh, looking for. Oh, <laughs> I know awesome. it sounds like no, <laughs> but no. these people are out there, and and what I would want them to know, like before becoming my patient, is my values are education. Like I give you the tools, but it's your toolbox. Like you are you are in the driver's seat. We are teammates uh, in this. Like not like I'm doing physio to you. Um, empowerment uh, is another one. So giving them the confidence uh to do what they love and stay in the sport activity they love and then movement movement is my prior like priority it's the major form of treatment so people might be lying down but it's not for long on my treatment table we're always moving um and I will always give you things to do at home I I do find it's a little different than um you know like oh you're a physio okay do these stretches maybe they watch you do them and then you go and you never do them again I've created an exercise bank so I send people me doing the exercise and they get like a little YouTube list of links and I do find that compliance has gone up a lot with that and I've gotten really good feedback um and I think it's because like me in their ear while well, they're they yeah. should just click on the link and then I'm in their ear and I'm telling them what to do so um Yes. I would say those, those three things are, um, what to expect when you see me.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know what? I, I definitely want to give you a huge compliment because I talk to a lot of people. Um, it is really great to see two things. Number one, how easily you can describe your two target clients, the two types of clients you look for, like you describe them so easily as if, you know, you're sitting beside them every single day, like you really are dialed in on that, which is awesome. And I think yeah. because of that, it gets much easier to figure out how to serve them best. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like doing those, doing those those videos to show them and, and being worried about compliance and is, is really important because you're servicing two really niches within the physiotherapy scope. It, it's much easier to see the answers on how to service yeah. that client better, which leads you to do some of these things. So, you know, this is, You know your approach sounds so obvious when you say it. Very, I think I think very few are doing it the way that you're doing it. So, you know, I just want to give you that compliment.
1: Thank you. (laughs) It's really great to
0: hear that. And it really starts with knowing who you want to target and being obsessed to help that 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 single avatar. Or in your case, it's two. But like you, two is not like too many at all. Like you could have three or four in a business. You know. Mm As long as you you have an actionable way to service them and you think about it all the time with how you can improve that for them, which you're doing, which is awesome. Um, yeah, Thanks. definitely. Like <laughs> anybody in the Bowmanville area that you know, I think that, that Avatar, I will send them your way.
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you for sure. That's amazing. So, so uh, second last, where do you see the industry going? What's the next evolution?
1: Yeah. Um, well, physio, anyone who's followed along with, um, physiotherapy in Ontario during the pandemic, there's been, it's been a little bit tumultuous, um, w- especially with regards to the, um, practical exam, uh, for new grads. Um, they weren't, they kept getting canceled and postponed, canceled and postponed. So it's, I, I, uh, I feel for them that was, it's just so emotional. So I do think what I'm seeing, especially online, and I know Instagram is not really like a, like a real life, but I'm seeing a lot more of the new grads become a lot more entrepreneurial, which I love. Like they're still, they're, they're still in school and they're already starting kind of their business page and growing that. And I think that's incredible. I think that's like very savvy because then by the time you're graduated, you already have like some content out there. You already have a following and then you can really just, uh, take those people in and inform them like where you're working. Right. So I I am seeing them a little bit more business minded, um, which I like and, and, and knowing their, their kind of like interest while in school. So I think they are niching a bit more and uh, maybe they're being encouraged to do so because we do kind of come out like jack of all trades, master of none when we graduate. So I think that they're already like getting on top of that. I've had some students reach out to me and say, like, what courses would you recommend? Uh, what continuing education should I do if I'm interested in women's health? So I, I like that. Um, where I see my own physio going, I am uh, extremely overbooked. So uh, what I've done to make myself and my knowledge and skills more accessible and to make myself more accessible for people who don't have extended health benefits um, is small group physio uh, classes. So I'm seeing six to 10 people at the time at a time who I've assessed and who have a similar presentation or injury. So say six people with mechanical low back pain, those people I would put in a class. I mean, if they're interested, uh, they, they would come in a class. We would do some education. We would go through movement and just like a whole, um, uh, like exercise hour geared towards low back pain um and it would include movement it would include you know technique and form and how to activate it would include breathing um and then at the end we do like a little debrief and we talked about like how that felt what came up for us um but I find that style that small group is underutilized and uh people who don't have benefits like myself as a, as a business owner I don't pay into any uh it's it's inaccessible regular physio is becoming inaccessible the rates are becoming very high um and like outside looking in that's that's hard for a lot of people so this at least is a way where they can access some of that knowledge and and like what to be doing and get that form correction on their actual body without paying an arm and a leg or or without you know working with um not to not personal trainers but a personal trainer who doesn't maybe know what's going on with their back, for example. So you get a little bit of everything, which I think there needs to be more of that. And I'm doing it for the the pelvic floor community as well, because women who don't have benefits, pelvic floor physio is even more expensive than regular physio. Um, so just providing an accessible alternative. Um, yeah, that's where I, I see it. That's where I wanted to go. Is Okay. That's great. I
0: haven't heard the accessibility piece and, and, uh, you Make some really good points about that. So um, I hope that uh, the industry does go that way and offer more more options for people without benefits to get the help that they need. Right? We just yeah. we just need everybody living their best life. Can you imagine yeah. a world a world where that exists? You know, yeah. so accessibility is usually the 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 number one barrier. It's resources, time, or money, right? Or location. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Interesting. So lastly, I always like to give uh, our guests a choice and you can answer both. So I'm curious to hear, you know, your favorite book or or a great book you've read lately and um, your number one productivity hack.
1: Okay, Um, I'll give you both. Um, My productivity hack is for anyone listening who wants to become an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur, hire a business coach, Um, work with a business coach within your field who works with people in your field and outside of your field. That's what I did. I worked with, I'm a Jack, who's a physiotherapist and a, a business coach. Um, and I also worked with, uh, Alina Luciani, who is a strength and conditioning coach, um, and does business coaching as well for people within the health and wellness field, but coming from all backgrounds. And it was, that was the most invaluable thing I did for my business is that, and it saved me so much time and, and saved me from so much trial and error. So I would, I would suggest that you save money and time. <laughs> and then books that I am a huge reader. So I have a five to um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. That's a staple. Yeah, cl- I mean, we should all, we should all read that, especially yeah. after this pandemic, I think. Um, I love uh, Chop Wood, Carry Water by uh, Joshua Medcalf, I think. Um, I love... Um, the Obstacle is the Way, Ryan Holiday. Yeah, hit both his I like it. Um, yeah, The Ego is the Enemy, I think is the other one I read. It was, yeah, I, I love those. Um, what else? Um, Born to Lead by Brene Brown. Anything by Brene Brown is incredible. Her podcast yeah. is also really good. Um, hmm. Atomic Habits uh, is very good. That's one of my Jake. favorite all-time books oh yeah oh and, yeah. Uh, ooh, and I really like um brief by James Nestor James Nestor that's okay. a very good book um it's more it's just it's about breathing but it, it yeah it's very good um and then I read a lot of non-help self books too I would suggest everyone reads The Wheel of Time Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter series <laughs>
0: such classics you've got a good library i would like to. i I would like your library there's we've got some similar books in ours for sure uh Uh, and i will say i do like the harry potter stuff but my kids are crazy about it so uh
1: yeah
0: yeah that exists in our house that's a strong strong set of books yeah they look. i think entrepreneurs
1: need to like turn their brain off when they're done work so like the fiction and like as far from reality as possible is is very helpful for that so that's why it's
0: a passion you know that's a that's a good closing point because when I when I have these types of conversations with people outside of the health and wellness it would be rare that someone would say that they love fiction to kind of get a break Mm -hmm. um because it's almost like a bat a faulty badge of honor to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And, you know, the word hustle yeah. is a dangerous word.
1: No. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> and uh, overused and dangerous. Um, but uh, more and more people that I talk to in the health and wellness field, they're just as motivated to build an amazing business for themselves and their clients, but they do it while keeping some semblance of balance in their own life.
1: Yeah, And I
0: really am trying to explore many things this year, as we talked about earlier with this podcast, but one of the things I'm going to add to the list that just kind of dawned on me is, is, is there a better recipe? So work, work all the time or work some of the time, but do the important work and find ways to disconnect at the end of that, at the end of the cycle, who did better work? But I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder. If you're happy, then it's, that's all that matters. Yeah, Yeah, I think think if
1: you're, yeah, and I think if you're in a field where you're working with people, there's an energy exchange, and you will burn out, I have burnt out several times, because you can't hustle, you can't hustle in this field, like you can't show up for people, if you're burnt out, you, you have to really, you know, uh, limit yourself so that you can, you know, give 100%, because there's also this exchange happening with each patient who walks through the door, and, uh, I became an entrepreneur for the work-life balance. So I could, you know, decide to take a Monday off if I wanted. So, um, I'm definitely not going to work 80 hours a week. I would just work for a company. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. Oh my gosh. Um, you've been a really great guest. I really Thank appreciate you. you spending the time. I know that you're super busy. I know we just met and, uh, And I look forward to hopefully many more conversations in the future. And I'm going to continue to follow your clinic and your brand and everything that's unique uh, in a growing field. So, yeah, it was really great uh, chatting with you, Danielle. I think our guests are going to love it.
1: Yes. Thanks for talking with me. I enjoyed it.